of the Living Geek. I'm your host, Kenneth. I'm Kurt. And we are Retrofecta. What's up, everyone? We're back for March's game, which is A Link to the Past. Minorly popular. You may have heard of it. I'm your host, Kenneth. With me is Kurt. Hello. And let's just dive right into it. Kurt, did you enjoy this game? I did. In fact, I wanted to talk to you now that we have our captive audience. Have you heard about this little-known game called Zelda A Link to the Past? Came out a long time ago. Real good, though. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. You I definitely should. Games. Oh, man. It, ugh, it's so good. It's, it, it's, it's so well put together. Yeah. I, even more so than uh, Super Mario World, like, it is by far my favorite Zelda game. Yeah, I, I or feel like... Super Nintendo game. I feel like yeah, there's, there's, game. there's more going on compared to a Mario mm-hmm. World. Because Mario, it does more than just jump and run, but there's there's so much more going on in Zelda. Yeah, this one actually has a storyline happening, which... Yeah, they figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. So, uh, let's see. I guess a bit of background on it. They actually started development in uh, 1988, not, I'm assuming, 98, like my notes here say. Wait, wait, they, they had time travel? They Yeah, that's why it's so good. They had Nintendo makes sense. multiple decades to work on this. Anyway, it started in 88, uh, got delayed as the Super Famicom was coming out, and they're like, oh, wait, we like more memory and oomph. We'll just release it on that instead. Uh, got pushed back a bit, ended up releasing November 21st, 1991 in Japan, and then April of 92 here, and September of 92 over in Europe. Because so, Sorry, Europe. Yeah. Literally every time. They're we don't nice. we don't dislike you. We just don't like you a lot. <laughs> I need to look and see when when it was that everything started simultaneously. Yeah, releasing. it started to like normalize a bit. Yeah, because that that had to have been real nice for Europe. Like it already annoys me having to wait for anything to be localized over from Japan. Um, having to wait another five to six months on top of that. Blah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, like, do the gaming news magazines, if they existed, did they just pretend things didn't exist yet, and all the ma- everything they, all, everything they yeah, published was six months late? Because they, <laughs> they at least had Nintendo Power, so maybe maybe just, like, you're sitting yeah. over there in the UK, reading your Nintendo Power, like, man, it would be cool if I could play this. Yet. Man, this, this game looks really fun. When does it come? <laughs> oh, oh, it's been out for four months? Oh. Yep. Mm. Womp womp. What if there's as much of a... Like import thing, like U.S. imports a bunch of things from Japan. Do you think mm-hmm. Europe imports a bunch of things from Europe and or Japan? Just would, in order, some like some way to keep track, like the real hardcore guys. Yeah, I would think so because especially like once it's been localized for U.S. If if you can speak English already, like yeah, whatever. As long as you have a region free system, I I don't think it would be too much yeah. to well, bring with, it over. Was there even region systems in? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so either. I thought that was more like a DRM DVD disc thing. Yeah. Although maybe maybe the later cartridges. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. We will Top get back men. to you. Top men are on yes. it. Um, so let's see. Most Super Nintendo's uh, games at the time were using four megabits of storage, which is terrifying. That's half a meg. Um, Link to the Past was like, no, we need all the space possible. Give us eight megabits, which blows my mind. This game is less than one floppy disk worth of space. Like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, it, I honestly can't wrap my head around that. But even then, they ran out of space and were only able to fit the Dark World in by um, having it just be an overlay that sits on top of the Light World. So they just, you know, reused all the assets and then just tweak things. Yeah, different colors. Nutty. But again, that's still just that little change. It gives you a different feel to everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just changing up the, the color palette and the music, just boom. You feel like you're in a completely different yeah. place. And then some of the, the pathways are blocked by 
I mean, it's the same basic map, but like bridges are gone or mm-hmm. like there's a rock in the way. Yeah. Yep. And actually, a uh, thing I didn't realize is the largest localization change they did for this was apparently in Japan, it was a pretty religious game. Like uh, the Weird. name of it was Triforce of the Gods. Sanctuary was a church. Um, Aghanim was a priest. There's a lot of dialogue references to religious stuff, but then Nintendo USA at the time had a very strict no religion at all policy, and so they it all just got cut out and changed. So they change it and it, instead of religion into more of a just a general fantasy, yeah, fantasy thing? wizardry. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I can dig it. Just interesting that what a different game that would have been. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a lot weirder. I think if like Aghanim's a a priest, like, basically trying to sacrifice people to yeah. cr- prop Ganon up as a new dark god. I can imagine that wouldn't have gone very well in the U.S. either. No, no. I mean, this is right in the middle of, like, Mothers Against D&D and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, good times. And what else? Sixth highest selling Super Nintendo game ever. Um, it was a pack-in, which I was surprised about. I, I was going to give it the, oh, it's the top-selling non-pack-in game, but that ruined my plan. But it was a very late-to-the-game pack-in, so... That, that's how I'm going to excuse people buying more uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 over this, which I find offensive. A little bit. But, you know, here we are. And, like, basically all Zelda games at this time, uh, Miyamoto produced, Tezuka directed, and Koda did the music. So, eh, it's in good hands. Yeah. So, yeah, that is... Although also a yeah, new... Written by someone new. But again, under the guidance of people who are already familiar with it. Yeah. Doesn't like, it feel that different. No. Which is good. It it was very nice. I don't know. Like I, I feel like they did a very good job of balancing story without having, you know, like early Final Fantasy tons of cutscenes. Like I, I like that and there's a time and the place for that, but an action RPG isn't that time or place. Yeah, it's important so. to get things out quickly and seamlessly. Yeah. So it's not like play for a bit, watch. Yeah. Yeah. Now I sit here for ten minutes. Okay. So you said you had a list of minor grievances yeah well as i was Let's... playing well it, it right off the bat it it feels finally like a video game i'm familiar with because it doesn't just drop you in a world it gives you a bit of background it gives you some story it's sort of in rpg i guess ways it says hey maybe you should go over here wink yeah <laughs> which i really appreciate because especially now like i don't have time to just run around a game and oftentimes when that happens and i just die for no reason i get frustrated and stop mm-hmm so I was glad that they, they definitely pointed you in the right direction until like later on when you need more things, more of the weapons. I mean, there's enough room for 20 some odd things. Yeah. I probably found three of them. I just had no idea the other ones existed. So mm-hmm. at some point I had to go back and find a walkthrough and find someone to tell me where all the things were. So I mean, that's annoying, but I think it's just me just being bad at video games. I noticed the control scheme, again, probably just bad at video games. I keep attacking things that are next to me mm-hmm. when the enemy is in front of me because it's just, I, I don't know, fat, clumsy thumbs. You have to push the direction you want to go before you hit the attack button. Yeah, yeah. You have to, and then you can't turn without moving. It's very difficult. Like, you move a little bit, which can sometimes kill you. Yeah, you're like, oh, I want to just barely edge around. Yeah. Oh, but I fell off a cliff. Yeah, I was like, I like to pivot, but no, I'm going to run into that enemy. Uh, some of the things that I, I think I'm just, 
slow to pick up, I guess. Like, if you have full health, the Master Sword does the cool, like, projectile shooty thing. I, I swear to God, it's been <laughs> it, in the entire game, it's been in there, and only now I've, I've, it's actually sunk in that, oh, now I can do that. And, like, even, like, blocking arrows because you have a shield. Mm-hmm. I thought the shield didn't do anything. Turns out if you're not attacking, it does something. Like okay, a shield step should. one, don't ever be not attacking. Right? I mean, that just makes more, <laughs> that just makes more sense to me. Just always kill. Murder, murder, murder. Yeah. Checks out. So, little things like that that I think I'm just bad at or I, I, I just didn't learn the skill as a kid mm-hmm. and so now I'm just used to attacking more often yeah but I mean overall it, it's the first non-Mario game that sort of naturally feels playable because then it's the first especially the first Zelda the first Metroid is also it just drops you somewhere and it you get some buttons that do things sometimes yeah and you can move kind of yeah they were very like oh my gosh um Assets. The word is assets. My God. No, the fucking stand-up video games. Uh, oh, the arcades? Yeah, Jesus. I could not think of that word. <laughs> they were very arcade feeling where it's just, we don't, you know, you put a quarter yeah, in, here's you a quarter, start playing, go for it. there's no story, just hit the ground running, which, you know, is okay in an arcade, but if I'm sitting at home for a couple hours, I, you know, you've, you've got time to develop that yeah. a bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for more than a quarter. Yeah. Yeah, so this one, and you know, it's, I think, out of the the three of them, Mario, it's the most fine with because at its core, it is just a, a side-scrolling platformer. Yeah, run like, and jump. You can't really put too too much story into that. Although even then, with Mario sixty four, I guess they yeah, they they definitely tried to it, but I think they may have picked that up from the experience with Zelda, and that mm-hmm. you can get a little bit of story, and it goes a long way if yeah. it's delivered in a, in a in a in a right way. Yeah, a nice show don't tell and let the player really fill in the gaps as they're experiencing yeah. the world. It's like point them in a direction, then let them explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my biggest gripe I would say I had with this, and even then it was kind of small, is I feel like this is the first Zelda where we really start seeing them hold our hands maybe a bit too much at times. Yeah. Because, you know, if I've if I've gotten all three of the, the pendants and then all seven of the sages, and I'm in Ganon's palace right at the very end, if I pop open a treasure chest and get a collection of bombs, it doesn't need to tell me hey these are bombs you can place it with the Push y it with button. the y button. like i know that we we've moved beyond that zelda yeah what are you doing to me that might almost be in they just didn't have the the memory space to change how you interacted with, with I'm, items I'm and objects it, yeah but yeah i noticed that every time like oh bombs pushing with y yeah yeah no duh i know <laughs> oh arrows shoot with y yeah the y buttons basically does all the things in the little box when you want to do things special yeah. things yeah so that's really the only okay. gripe I had with it because I just love this game so much. Well, to, to pivot quite strongly, I'm going to take my headphones off because I know you're going to get excited. What? What did you like about it? Well, I have a 40-point uh, bullet jobber list thing here. Um, okay, so, so for me, it is it is a seven-point graph. <laughs> but uh, really, I, I'd say just, it's just, oh my God, everything just handles so well about it. Like, it's the first one well, I, I think in the same with Super Mario World, it's the it's the first Zelda where they everything really came together. Like it, it's the first one where the graphics. I don't look back at it, and you know I, I know you can make the argument, oh, you don't need graphics for good gameplay. No, I don't buy that. You need something for me to identify with as a player, and I just didn't get that with the Nintendo games. So it's the first one where the graphics really immerse me in the world. Like they they have enough space and colors and everything to be able to build an immersive world that i as link can then run around in that's great and you know i think that 
tying off of that, there's a reason that so many indie game studios use 16-bit graphics because yeah, it's a, a lot of them seem to be going back to this generation yeah. as their basest like base level of graphics. Yeah, and it's you know it's a lot easier to develop for. I'm sure it doesn't use nearly as much assets and. Yeah, it still looks very nice. Yeah, I think they they do a good job of walking the line between too spending too much time making it look pretty mm-hmm. and but still giving you things that look different so you can identify when things are different. Like the wall cracks were a lot easier to find in this one. Oh yeah. The different enemies, they look different, even though they're roughly sometimes the same shape. But just little shading and coloring things. They have just enough graphics to make it easy to get into. Yeah. Yeah, that and they actually had space for music, so had more than, like, three songs. Yeah. And so many of the iconic, hey, the, this is Zelda songs came from this. Like, you you had um, Zelda's Lullaby and Kakariko Village and the Hyrulean Castle and, you know, just so many songs that show up in every Zelda game since then first came from this one. And, oh, man, such a kick in the nostalgic feels. And also, like, they, you know, the the first two Zelda games had a lot of secrets in them, but, like... They were annoying secrets. I did not enjoy yeah. finding them because it's just, if I was not actively looking at a guide, it would just be, okay, walk over a screen, walk back, try to set this bush on fire. Walk over a screen, walk back, try to set yeah. the next bush on fire. Like, this one, you actually get subtle winks and nods, and if you're paying attention, you can see, oh, in the light world, there's this heart up here that I can't reach, but if I remember that, once I'm in the dark world, I can later on use the mirror to pour it back, and shazam, I've got an extra heart piece. Like, Yeah, and then they had... um. Every now and then there'd be like a fortune teller who would drop hints at things. Yeah, yeah. And even simple stuff like that, just to give you some region and some like activity to try. Yeah. So it's not just, let's bomb everything. Let's light everything on fire. Let's hit everything. Let's run into everything. Which is cool. I didn't actually notice a couple times you solve things by running into walls. Which I, I can really appreciate. Yeah. Right? That, that, that wall? That's a cute touch. You. Yeah. Also, my God, I love the Pegasus boots. Like, it's because it's it's a pretty decent sized map so being able to traverse it quickly is very handy yeah well, it was like and the um i found this out from the guide but you do the bird thing and then the chicken like drops you off places that was really cool oh yeah speaking of that chicken that motherfucker into the game in the dark world ganon pops out of agonim and flies away and stupid chicken bro shows up it's the only time it's active in the dark world why couldn't you fly me around the rest of the time <laughs> stupid bird because in the dark world the chicken's a jerk whereas <laughs> in the light world okay. these, these helps you <laughs> that checks out actually i guess um another very very small quibble i have with the game is so you, you get the pegasus boots and then you get zora's flippers which you know you can swim around and then you can um go through the the waterways yeah the water portal teleport. things yeah i i feel like there wasn't enough time between that and getting the flying chicken to really ever need the waterways like i think there is one dungeon between me getting the two so i i don't think i ever actually used them and like it was a cool idea that just you know just kind of sat there for me unfortunately yeah it might be given more time i guess because again i always fall back on this but video games are a lot easier when you're younger and you don't have a lot of things to do given that you had like an hour to just roam the map with no real goal because you were mad at maybe some dungeon was working out uh-huh. then yeah you, you you maybe you have both or maybe you just have the flippers and you just run around to see what you can find yeah yeah, that was a lot more quest-oriented this time, I guess. Um, most I like. Oh, just how many items were in the game? I love that. Yeah, I so many. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't so realize, great. checking the inventory screen when it first started, I thought there's room for, you know, a couple. I remember, um, like, the bow, obviously, the um, the boomerang. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the lamp thing was familiar from the second one. I didn't realize there's slots for 20 different items. Yeah, it, it gets busy. And you can use them all 
Like sometimes you just use them for fun. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I need to be less stingy with my magic meter because toward the end of the game, I was like, wait, I'm always full on magic. I'm just going to start using Bombos everywhere. And my God, it, it wrecks things. Yeah, it speeds things up. It's pretty great. I think a lot of that is you just, you're so used to holding on to those things. Even though you don't need to, especially like in this game, it's not important, but yeah. you want them. Yeah, seriously. It's like my any, magic. You can't have anything to be full. Yeah. I think for a while I was running around with um, the three of the glass bottles with a fairy in each. I don't think I used more than one. Yeah. <laughs> but I had them if I needed them. Yeah, it's a nice emergency fund. Yeah, just, man, I don't know. And just how different each of the dungeons were. And each one built upon stuff you were learning in the last one, but then also integrated whatever new item you were finding and... Yeah, I mean, really that, good level design. That part's kind of a like a video gamey thing. Like, oh, I have this item. I should use this item now. Yeah, but I mean, it works. And it, it's how to differentiate one dungeon from just running around to running around. Then there's special pumps to fill the uh, waterways differently. You mm-hmm. use the hookshot to cross uh, chasms. If there's something on the other side, you can jump onto. You can use the the fire of the ice wand to target specific enemies and make them do whatever. Yeah, it's a nice way to to make. What could be boring, just running around dungeon crawling into, what, seven plus four other worlds? You know, ten different uh, places to explore mm-hmm. and attack. Yeah, and very, very thematically different for each of them. Yeah. Especially Stupid Ice Dungeon, which, always terrible. I always Dude. slide right off the side of things. <laughs> it wasn't nice. Oh, gosh. Terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what did you like about it, Kurt? I like that it, I didn't feel like I was running around doing nothing. I felt like they gave they drop enough hints for mm-hmm. dummy like me to be able to want to go explore more. Because oftentimes the, my problem with the older ones is that I I wouldn't know what to do. I get frustrated and I just stop playing. Yeah. Whereas now it it, it the little bit of hand holding I appreciate just because I, I I have other things to do. But I oh, want to yeah. do this. Yeah. And then the um the variety of things is always cool. I wound up using the uh, the boomerang a lot. And sort of forgetting the other things when really they would come in handy. Mm-hmm. The boomerang, uh, the boomerang is just so useful for almost everything. Yeah, and I realized in this game it was—I don't know if it's the first one, but it's the first time I noticed that you could do—you could throw the boomerang on a diagonal. Mm-hmm. You could move on a diagonal. That—that that was a first for this game. It's yeah. cool because yeah, and like you can throw a boomerang or launch an arrow, and sort of when you move, you sort of move things around, and so it'll actually travel different ways, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Like it doesn't just go to one spot. Yeah, it actually, will follow you back. Yeah, they're really up there. Like the the, the playing of it was very good, except for the times when I tried to attack things that were, or when I tried to attack before moving towards something. Mm-hmm. But then that's just me not quite getting the control scheme as, I guess, naturally responsive as it should be mm-hmm. as a player. It's more my fault. But anyway, it, it's there's a lot to do. I was actually the the transition from the light world to the dark world. I didn't know that was a thing, so that was cool. That, yeah, I, yeah, like the um, the the mirror, you can jump back and forth, and then it doesn't require you to go back from where you came. You can either you can jump in another portal, mm-hmm. and it'll just reset everything. That part was cool. Yeah, I, I remember um, very first time I was playing this over at my friend's house, and you know he'd gotten it, he'd already played through the whole thing. So we we're just having a sleepover, and I was playing through it. And I get you know I'm playing, I'm having a very good time, and I get to the dark world, and I'm like, wait, is there? an entire second map and he's just like yeah <laughs> so i'm like oh shit okay i'm not sleeping tonight cool yeah and it's bigger than the first one yeah because you have to re- and you have to do things in the light world that, that affects things in the dark world in order to progress in the story in the dark world mm-hmm. it's, it's it's very well intertwined yeah and it, it may have started as a technological um handicap not having enough room but letting you use the same world different ways is a 
apparently now a very Zelda y thing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you see that in, well, so many other Zelda. Yeah, I think all of them have some variation where there's one place that you can do two things in. Mm hmm. I was weirdly uh, excited when I got the hookshot because I remember that from Ocarina of Time and using mm. it all the time. Yeah, yeah, that thing's delightful. It's like I like, yeah, I like the way they keep going with themes being there, like music or the jumping around in time or even items to make it sort of still feel like you're playing a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I guess speaking of that, we should do a quick shout out for notable firsts in this, because just so many things that become staples in Zelda games really started in this one. Uh, one of the big ones, diagonal movement. Like you said, it's pretty exciting. Not just stuck to four dimensions. Four, four dimensions. Four dimensions. <laughs> you, in fact, travel through time. It's pretty swell. I mean, you kind of do? Ish, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, later on you definitely do, but anyway. <laughs> um, arrows are their own separate item-like bombs and don't cost rupees to shoot. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't go broke murdering things. And there's just so many of the items, like you know, Hookshot, the Pegasus Boots... Hearts being split up into individual containers that you have to collect four of, you know, assorted magic medallions to let you cast spells. Like, just so many things show up in this for the first time. And so much of the music. I know, even now, I can still remember a lot of the music. It, it, it's fun to tell, like, when you're in different places, it has different themes. Like, just normal exploring has, like, an action, mm-hmm. explorey theme. I don't know what they're called, but I'm sure they have names. But yeah. you flip in the dark world, and you're exploring in the dark world is different. You go into certain dungeons, and the, the, the music in the dungeon changes. You go into things like the sanctuary or your home, and it's a much calmer, like, yeah. just like, chill okay, sound. Yeah, hang out for a second. They're nicely interleaving the, like, thematic elements of both visual and audio together to sort of to build the world up more. Mm-hmm. Okay, a uh, couple interesting trivia things for it. The the fish that you get the quake medallion from, based oh, yeah. on um, 18th century Japanese folklore, that fish is Namazu, who is a uh, catfish that just brings chaos and destruction by wiggling around and causing earthquakes. So it was like Magikarp. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and then um, was eventually trapped in a prison by, by another demigod, I think it is, uh, which is in the game represented by the ring of stones around it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's cool. And oh, the... First and only time uh, Ganon had a last name because the U.S. translation team wanted to feel like they were adding to the story. So they gave him the last name Ganon Dragmire. Very imposing. Yeah. Terrifying, even. Sounds like a like a 17th century dragoon or something. Yeah. <laughs> they call him the Dragmire. That's, yeah. yeah. Quaking uh, my boots a bit. Yeah, good, okay. good for Nintendo of America for jumping in there and really yeah. putting, their, putting their stamp <laughs> on it. Yeah, and then it was never used again. <laughs> womp womp. Oh, and in a um, Japanese release, the Magic Hammer is actually the MC Hammer, named for the rapper. <laughs> there you go. I feel like there's a lot of music nerds in Japan. Yeah, they really like... <laughs> Every <a> time. Lo- <laughs> yeah. little weird, but yeah. it's cool. And what else? A uh, couple of pictures of Mario in houses in Kakariko Village, which is funny. And then actually a prequel to Zelda 1 and 2. And I... I Made the fun mistake of diving down the Zelda timeline again today, and it's yeah. weird. I'm glad that it took him three games to just completely just jumble the timeline. Yeah, yeah. Because now it's the, so it's I, like a I giant think, tree of timeline. I've yeah. looked at it before. Yeah, it's you. You have the because you're like one that came prime. first. Yeah, second that came second. Third that came first. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah, and then um, I guess Ocarina of Time is the one where it splits, and this is in the. Uh, Link dies in Ocarina of Time timeline, so everything goes bad. And so this is the start of that branch, and it it gets real weird. I'll... It probably gets a little dark, too. Yeah, yeah. It 
ah oh man, weird weird game. But I like it. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, this, the, one of the in addition to the uh, the Mario games, which even then, like the first and second one, they're fine. One of the games I would play again. Yeah, like maybe not all the way through because I don't know if I'm that dedicated or can remember things that well. But that's fair. I definitely jump in just to get the feel for it. Do the do the uh, the light world, maybe a couple dungeons in the end, just to go back and hit things with a magic sword. Yeah, it's it's a legitimately fun game for me, which. I, definitely not all of the ones we've played so far of have hit that. <laughs> no. I'd, I'd say probably Mario 3, Super Mario World, and this yeah. one are ones that I would actually just randomly go play. Yeah, like if someone asked me after playing, what, 10 games from the early Nintendo era, I'd say skip all the first ones, jump in Mario 3, Mario Land, or um, Super Mario World, and uh, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. And like, then I'm, I'm betting that Super Metroid is going to be the same way. Cause I have yeah, I feel like they finally found that. the right level of hardware and or hardware that gives them the ability to put more of the story into it. So it's less of that arcade stand-up, you know, give us a quarter and yeah. more of spend some time in this world we create. Yeah, for sure. So we have some reader questions this month um, from Superfan Peter. We have, what was the most annoying enemy for you? I have an answer for this. Just cut out this dead air. That's fair. While I think about things. Yeah, we'll just chop it all. I think it was one of the, sometimes even just the, the small tiny ones... Um, like the water striders would get me randomly because the ones that sort of move like pseudo randomly, uh-huh. you expect them to be in one place and then they just dart out of the way. Yeah, you're like, God, come back. Yeah, I. Apparently, it's just that dungeon is crappy because mine was the the water blobs because yeah, they those things shimmy around in unpredictable patterns. It's like you try to judge wow. because I know geometry. I know how things bounce off of walls, but no. Yeah, they don't give a crap. Yeah, the ones that sort of pop out of it, pop out of nowhere, like the birds, also drive me mm. nuts. Because even like the bees, because I swear like I hit them, but they don't get hit. Oh because yeah, they're not not yeah. hitting it right. Yeah, the bees are very obnoxious. And uh, next up, what is most annoying boss for you? I have a weird, I guess follow up. I'm gonna start with the with the antithesis of that. The boss that was seemed like the most fun was um there was a third third dungeon third uh the diamond sparkle jewel oh princess yeah, in a yeah. thing dungeon yeah. With the thing covered in eyes, you pull the things off, you attack its eyes. Like that, that, one that, was, that was kind of really fun because cool, you got to yeah. use the hook shot to do a thing. It was very uh, straightforward about like how it worked. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. But um, to actually answer the question, <laughs> what's the annoying boss? Oh, the um, the scorpion looking one with the faceplate you had to knock off mm. mm-hmm. because obviously this one you get the hammer. So you're like, oh, I'll just hit it with a hammer. But the hammer only works at a certain like angle or hit point. Mm-hmm. And so then you use bombs, but you throw a bomb. It's got a f- delay, and so the dude goes away from yeah, it. Yeah, he just shimmies out of the way. And you're like, so, but I'm gonna over here. just <laughs> threw that bomb. Yeah. Which I think would have been helped if I had known that you could go into, what, center of Lake Hyrule and pay lots of rupees and, oh, like, yes. bump your bomb pound. Because if yeah. I went in there with, like, 40 bombs, it'd be a lot less stressful. Yeah. But I think I went in there when I only had, you know, 10 bombs and 15 arrows and... That would be a lot more of a hassle, yeah. Didn't have enough hearts then either. Like, <laughs> I, I was just doing everything wrong. But that guy, super annoying. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I think uh, mine would be, shit, what was the name? Uh, Moldrum from Tower of Hera, which the the one, like, not like a centipede. It was like a weird snake thingy that, like, scuttled around, and you had to hit its tail. Um, and it was up on a platform. Oh, yeah. And if you messed it up, even, you know, it doesn't even kill you. It just knocks you off the oh, platform. Oh, yeah, it knocks off the, yeah, I remember that one. I'm like, motherfucker. I think okay. that one, that one's when I first started to use the emulator save feature a lot because mm. I got so tired of running through the, the castle every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd save it right at the top of that and just jump down and just go, just go to town on yeah. it. Eventually get knocked off a platform or just die. But 
It's very satisfying to kill that one, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, probably that one, too. Okay. Those stupid, like, knockback things. It's such a pain. Yeah. Yeah, because they usually only ever use them right next to ledges, also, <laughs> just to be extra obnoxious. Yeah, I wonder whose idea it was to put bumpers in those levels. It's like they're like they're they're, they're pinball bumpers. People. Like you run into it and it bumps you off. Yeah, they might as well make a bing noise every time <laughs> and bump your score somehow. Yeah, those things were weird. Okay, and third question from Peter: Enemy you felt the most sorry for? Which just one I had to think about a lot more. It's like that's yeah, that's an interesting question because most of them I assume are dicks and just yeah, because I mean, a lot of them they do you know enemy things. Like, the, the the guards are obviously, they're guards, you know, the guard, whatever. Mm-hmm. The birds are kind of annoying, but birds are kind of dicks. I would say, like, the um, like the rats or the snakes or the things that, that jump into the water and just want to swim around, they attack you probably because they're like, oh, yeah, something I'm, to I'm attack. startled, something's around me. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the, the, the more animal-looking ones that are, just seem like they're just there doing their thing, and then some guy shows up, and they're yeah. like, oh, no, I'm in danger. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I went with uh, the mole with the, the little smiley face wiggly squares in the dark world that that get in your way and you have to hit them with the hammer because technically I, I looked it up they qualify as enemies and really all they do is just sit there until some dude comes by and hits them with the hammer and i'm like well, that's a that's, pretty shitty life that does sound pretty sad <laughs> so yeah and then uh another reader set a question in brandon asked what the toughest puzzle was for us i guess the most annoying one again i keep i keep not answering the question the most annoying one is cracks in the walls. Mm-hmm. I'm just not observant. Well, some of them too. Like when when it's the more uncut wall looking thing, like it really kind of blends in with it. Yeah. A lot of times I go into the room and I just look around and be like, okay, wall, yeah. wall, wall. What can I destroy wall. in here? I did notice in some of the, I think the jungle one, swamp level, like they had vines on the walls you could cut off. Yeah. That was neat. But again, most annoying puzzle is not the answer to that question. Uh, but I think when, you, when it involves... Uh, Going into like swapping worlds because like, I think one of the the swamp one was oh you have to if only something would change yeah wink <laughs> it's like things like that where you have to modify somehow the world you are and you have to run around and find out where that is and it's mm-hmm. usually behind one of those hidden wall ball or like, bomb wall spots yeah yeah I think um for me it was probably the there was a shovel mini game where you got like thirty oh, seconds yeah, to dig to up f- as much yeah. as you want and it's like yeah. I know there's a heart here. I'm going to get it, and then like 20 tries later, it finally pops up. And so, you know, not maybe not tough in the normal sense, just in the my god, I am so done with doing this thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, just it's, vomit up the heart already, ground. Especially when hitting the uh, a new spot to dig is a little pixel dependent. Because mm-hmm. like you hit one spot, and you're like, all right, cool, and you move over, and you hit the same spot again. And you're like, because you didn't it, move like, over, yeah, four pixels, you only moved over three. And then I swear there, like, there's a, that's a big area to dig up. Oh, yeah. And, like, the, I think the heart for me popped up in the first, like, two or three rows. But I still went through digging up that entire back area. And I, I think some programmer is being like, hey, guys, we're going to put a really big area. So they get really nervous about it and dig mm-hmm. everywhere. But it's right in the front. Oh, no, the problem is it's randomized every time. Because I would go in, find two nice full rows without rocks or bushes or anything. Yeah, and, and just, just hit them. dig back and forth across those. And it eventually right, popped plan, out of plan. that. So... Ah, damn that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder, like randomized, but does it use the entire plot area? That's a I don't good think question. It does. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's a couple spots it could be. Yeah, like it jumps between, you know, six spots given some percentage of probably clock time or something. Yeah, yeah something right. real annoying. Yeah, that that was annoying. Didn't like. Yeah. That. <laughs> cool. So thank you for writing in, guys. We appreciate it. And last but definitely not least, uh, speed runs from people who are way better than us. 
So this was another one where just the completion and the 100% completion really didn't have that big of a spread on it. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of things you need, or a lot of things you need to beat the game, you mm-hmm. need either way. Some, only a few of the 20-some-odd items you would actually skip. Yeah. yeah. Like, then, it was, I guess uh, the heart, heart pieces, like... You need the you, you need them for the hundred percent completion, but none of them are that far out of the way. Like you could just swing back. Yeah, and they're kind them of between dungeons. It's really, it seems like watching the um, the any percent one, the line optimization really comes into in, into play. Oh yeah. If you like, because you can avoid so many enemies by just running around them. Mm-hmm. Again, the diagonal movement very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like what twenty minutes between any percent and hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, any percent even. top was hour twenty three minutes nineteen seconds by Zelda, and then also for hundred percent Zelda at hour forty one minutes fifty three seconds. So yeah, just just under twenty minutes difference, which is depressing because it it took me much so, longer. Yeah, than I don't want to talk about it. That. I'm curious what the because they're looking at well the couple different runs here at speedruns dot com. There's any percent I get hundred percent I get low percent I get master sword. I think that's just a speedrun. To, oh, from just to get the master sword. The master oh, no, that, that makes yeah. more sense. It seems like the top three people are usually within the top five spots in all of these. Yeah, which yeah, makes sense. I think, yeah, I think there's redundancy. Uh, like game specialization. Like they play all the Zelda games because I guess you if you play them repeatedly and back to back, you sort of get the feel for how they all work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And once again, you know, um, second place for the hundred percent said it nine days ago so it's it's pretty crazy that you know it's a 20 year old game that's still you know the boundaries still are being hopping. pushed on it so yeah, i feel like i feel like all except for maybe metroid which i think of the three is sort of the more um in the background less well-known game mm-hmm. a lot of activity on them yeah so people all playing cutting off second here second there which is cool it's nice to see them kept alive like that okay so any any final thoughts on link to the past uh, I'm just going to reiterate. reiterate uh, it's a good place to start if you're interested in old gaming. Mm-hmm. Like it just it, it seems like they finally hit a, hit a good stride. Yeah, yeah, just damn fun game. Uh, yeah, I think a friend of mine uh, told me he plays it once every year and a half or so. He just runs through the entire thing. That's cool. Because it's just it's just that game for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one definitely has a lot of and. It it's a good game. It may not be quite as good as I'm selling it because I I have a a lot of just happy memories wrapped up in it. But it it's a really good game. I mean, I I I agree with you, and I don't have that same nostalgia because I don't think I've I think I tried to play this game a couple times, and I probably only got ten twenty minutes into it, either from laziness or apathy. But I was wrong. That's fair. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah, like it, it's definitely if you're if you're looking to play a game like an old quote unquote old game, I, I'd say it's 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 the the best bet you could go you could for your time versus annoyance because mm-hmm. it, it still plays very well okay well that's good it's good to hear that it's not not just no it's not just you factor you're not just crazy <laughs> well i don't know about that but okay so what do we have up next it's like super mario land 2 we're going back to the game boy hooray i might hurt myself <laughs> from that whiplash yeah yeah it's uh we're gonna be losing a lot of bits there so but you know plus side Super Mario Land 2, and then Link's Awakening, which I actually have pretty good memories of, so I'm I'm hoping that that one holds up a bit better than the other Game Boy games. And then we're just done with the Game Boy. It just, yeah, well, yeah. It, it, and just it had a good run. Color from here on out. So, Racist? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
Anyway, thanks for listening. That's our show. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or you know, just want to hit us up, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Retrofecta or shoot us an email at Retrofecta at gmail.com. And we will see you next month for Super Mario Land 2. Keep on gaming. Thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash TV, or shoot us emails at TV at gmail.com. Really? TV? Are we on TV oh, again? Oh, Jesus. Hey, guys. Oh. Welcome to TV, <laughs> where we talk about 80s and 90s Nintendo games. Okay, well, you... you... Know what I uh, say twice a week. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs>